up, guys? Welcome back to Universe Sports Talk. Jackson Payne coming at you live with the latest in BYU sports straight from campus because you're not going to find closer coverage of BYU sports than right from campus itself. Joining me today is Aiden Thomas, sports editor at the Observer Sports, covering Notre Dame football and all their other athletics there over in South Bend. Here to preview the the Bible brawl in Sin City between BYU and Notre Dame this week. Aiden, thanks for coming on. Yeah, I appreciate you having me, Jackson. Yeah, so let's hop right in it. You know, it's been kind of a, a strange year for Notre Dame, it seems like. Uh, two and two right now. Top five to begin the season in the preseason poll. That Marshall loss, definitely not what anyone was expecting, but they've kind of rebounded the last two weeks. Drew Pines found his groove at the starting quarterback position. So just tell me what the vibe is over at Notre Dame. What what are people feeling about the football program? What What's the latest there? Yeah, it's it's definitely like I said, it's been weird Um, because I think, you know, three out of the four games have kind of almost gone as expected. Um, Maybe that Cal win was a little closer than you wanted. But when you look at it, it was like a, a relatively close loss to Ohio State. You know, skipping that week two for a moment, you had a, a decent win against Cal. I was a little tight and then a pretty solid win against UNC where you kind of exposed a really bad defense and just outscored them, basically. That week two game is just like. You know, if you're throwing back to like last year with Notre Dame, we basically had a very similar game against Toledo and we actually we escaped it, you know, at the very last minute. But we were seconds away from losing that game. And so it's like last year we basically rebounded from that and kept kept kind of our streak going. We ended up lost to Cincinnati, but it was like this whole season, like season's still alive. You only have one loss, you know. And so basically we're like, you know, two despite how bad we played that week, we're like two plays away in that Marshall game from having that same vibe of like somehow we're three and one you know, despite how awful that week two game was. But now it's like this little bit of a difference. Like obviously national championships out of the picture, you know, you're, you're fighting for a new year's six. So you have to win out to even be in that conversation. And so I think the vibe is just like, and it's, it, people are getting better with it. It's just like reset the expectation. It's been a while. Um, I really, I think it was 2016. The last time we had two losses this early in the season. Um my my freshman year, twenty nineteen, where our second loss came in like mid October. So I guess that was kind of the last time we were out, like the earliest we were out of championship contention, essentially. Um, so yeah, I think the vibe, like that Cal game, it was like this like gloomy, like well, we're done, season's done, like let's just see what happens. And then after like how close that game was, people are like, are we even going to be bowl eligible? And I think now after that UNC win coming into this game, people are a little bit more confident in Drew Pine and what he does for the team um, and kind of just how how good the defense really is going to be for us throughout the year and just kind of resetting expectations. So maybe we still are a 9-10 win team that just had a bad upset loss. For sure, for sure. I know it's it's tough with the new coaching staff coming in. It's tough when you lose your starting quarterback two weeks into the season, kind of throws a wrench in, in your plans going forward. But definitely a lot of room for Notre Dame to come back, uh, get back on track for the season. Still 2-2. Two and two. There's a lot worse places you can be than 2-2 two and two this early. Um, you get a bye week to prepare for BYU. That's always appreciated, right? Get some extra time to heal up, prepare. Um, tell me a little bit about Drew Pine because he wasn't really on anyone's radar before the season. Um, he's come in. He, he's played some really good football. He's completing a lot of his passes. Seems, seems to be an efficient passer. Tell me about his game, what, what he's done so far, and, and maybe if there's a quarterback that you'd compare him to skill-wise um, so we could get a better idea of, of who Drew Pine is if you haven't seen him before. Yeah. Drew Pine, um, he's not going to come on the field and he's not going to like, you know, you're not going to be like, oh, my God, like, who's this kid? Like, you know, starting at quarterback, he's lighting it up. He's throwing for 400 yards. He's throwing for five touchdowns, whatever it is. 
you know, Drew Pine is very solid. He's not gonna he's not gonna kill you with a lot of mistakes usually. Um, he has some escapability, some some you know some ability to kind of extend plays. You saw it a little bit at UNC. He had a few moments where just really early on in the game when they were still kind of like not clicking offensively. He had a big third down conversion where he spun out of a sack, managed to scramble for first down later on through a thirty yard touchdown pass. Um, so like that's like he has those moments. You know, if you want to call it like kind of that it factor, it feels like kind of like the Ian book of Notre Dame in the past, just like gritty, like he's going to grind it out. He's been a backup for two years two you know, two plus years. Last year, he had his moment where he came in against the uh, Wisconsin in the Shamrock series game and led a fourth quarter comeback in that game. So he's really he's always been gritty. Uh, even last year, he appeared in the Cincinnati loss and he almost rallied us from a 17 nothing deficit. So. He's going to be gritty. He's going to make plays. He's really good with his first couple of reads. Um, and he's he's pretty tough to, you know, I guess the best way I can describe it is he's not going to lose Notre Dame the game, but he might not win you the game is kind of the way, you know, it, and it, the same was really true against Cal. He did not win the game for us. That was really our run game, but he didn't lose the game and that put our run game in position to win the game. Um, and it was kind of the same thing against UNC. All three running backs had over 100 all-purpose yards um, in some capacity. Pine was very solid, didn't throw an interception, threw a couple touchdowns. He didn't lose the game, but he let the running backs win the game. And that's kind of how Notre Dame has to attack things offensively. And that's, I think, what you're going to be seeing out of Drew Pine in Vegas. Gotcha. So he's more of kind of the efficient game manager. Um, I like what you said. He's not going to win you the game, but he's not going to lose you the game. Just serviceable, efficient. Um, see, seems like an upgrade, you know, I mean, given the, the results, at least, um, what has he kind of yeah. added to Notre Dame's offense since taking over the starting job? What, what has looked different? What is, what has been the difference with, with Pine at quarterback? Um, it's a little tough to say at parts, cause I don't want to attribute it all to the quarterback position. Cause I don't think, you know, Buckner had some very good moments in his first two weeks. I think Buckner is very still very raw quarterback. And so that's that contributed to some of the issues, just him adapting that college speed. Um, I think what you see from Pine is a lot more experience in the system. And that's just helped on a comfort level basis when you've got, you know, he knows he's got Michael Mayer. He's been playing with Michael Mayer. Um, you date back to Pine's freshman year. He actually entered in the Rose Bowl against Alabama for a couple of plays. And then he, he appeared in some very, so really his only moments with Notre Dame have been very big moments, you know, fourth quarter comeback against Wisconsin, uh, second half against Cincinnati Rose Bowl against Alabama. So he's really only had big moments in Notre Dame. He's never really been like that mop up duty guy. Um, I think he might've had one like pass attempt against South Florida, maybe his freshman year, but as far as like what he adds to the offense, I'd say his reads are a little bit better. He's just more consistent, honestly. Um, his deep ball is a little bit more consistent. I'd say Buckner has the better arm talent, but Buckner also missed um, back-to-back weeks, had pretty much open touchdowns. Like it, Lorenzo Styles had his guy beat downfield, and uh, Buckner just missed him. Pine you is very accurate. You're going to see that 70%, 80% completion rate. He's going to make those throws when they're there. Um, so maybe a little less dynamic than Buckner, but far more consistent. And I think that's allowed the offense to settle in and play to a uh, style that's very comfortable for them. Gotcha, gotcha. Makes sense. Now kind of flipping over to the BYU side. Um, how familiar are you personal with BYU? Um, what, what's your take on, on their program this season? What are you looking to see from them in this game? Um, just, just give me your thoughts. What, what do, and, and more importantly, what are Notre Dame fans? What's kind of, what, what's the vibe around South Bend regarding BYU in this matchup? 
Yeah, so personally, at the beginning of the year, um, I ranked the you know Notre Dame schedule, and I put BYU as the third hardest game on the schedule. I put I put in Ohio State, Clemson, BYU. I was and still am nervous about the level of production that BYU returned entering this year and just how experienced they are. Um, what they've done on campus has, in some ways, cemented my opinion. In other ways, I've maybe seen more weak spots than I anticipated. Um, just watching watching their play so far. I mean, their offense is about as good as I expected. Jaron Hall's pretty legit back, you know, under center. He's 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 dynamic. The offense is dynamic. Um, and that's gonna be a tough challenge. I think maybe not as good as UNC, but a similar challenge for the Notre Dame defense um to prepare for. And then defensively, I think they're really experienced. I think they have some issues. Um, obviously you saw them against Utah State, like there's some run defense issues for sure. Um, and that doesn't necessarily match up well with what Notre Dame does well, but there's also things that they do well. It doesn't match up with Notre Dame strengths or match up with Notre Dame weaknesses. So you, it'll be an interesting mix. Um, and just, yeah, as for the vibe heading into this game, I think it's like a, the feeling of this game is it really makes or breaks the season a little bit because you lose, you're down to two and three, your streak of 10 win seasons is done. Um, you know, this is the first time we would have ever lost a Shamrock series game where I think we're 11 and 0 or 10 and 0 in those games. So it it feels like a make or break game because after this we play Stanford, we play uh, Notre Dame plays UNLV. Those feel like pretty much guaranteed wins against pretty pretty poor teams. After that you play Syracuse, and that feels like a a decent chance you're going to win that game. So if you win this game, it feels like the difference between being like six and two and on a six game win streak heading into a Clemson game versus five and three, maybe four and four. If if you lose here, maybe you don't beat Syracuse, you know? So it just feels like the complete make or break and how good the season's going to be. Are you going to win six straight games, head into Clemson with a ton of momentum, probably top 15 team, top 10 team maybe? Um, or are you going to lose this game and really not be in top 25 consideration again for a little bit? Yeah, that's a that's a good assessment there. You know, it's, it's, it's an interesting matchup just – in regards to what's on the line, like you said, for BYU, they're four and one. Um, they were kind of a sleeper New Year's six pick before the season. They have that one loss to Oregon, which is looking like a pretty good loss because Oregon's much better than we thought when they played Georgia. So BYU, you know, if they 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 enter December with one loss, who knows? They could slip into a New Year's six or some sort of important bowl game. Whereas Notre Dame, you know, like you said, if they go two and three, season's kind of over at that point. You're you're fighting for a low tier bowl game. And so it's kind of BYU is playing for they have it's kind of like BYU has everything to lose and Notre Dame has everything to gain from this matchup. Yeah, I would I would definitely put it that way. I think, you know, in the sense that Notre Dame like does have a lot to lose in the sense of like this really like a loss here you know, takes out New Year's Six, takes out even an upper tier, like, I don't know, like, what is it, the Cheese Bowl now or Duke's yeah. Mayable? One of, one of those, like, not New Year's Six, but kind of upper tier games. Like, even those are probably gone if you lose this game, especially if you lose it badly. Notre Dame's always going to get, like, a decent bowl game because of their brand name. Like, people just want the nerd. Like, Notre Dame just brings revenue to whatever bowl game you go to. So, like, like at some point, there's like a floor. Like if you're a, if Notre Dame wins seven or eight games, there's like a floor to what bowl game you're gonna get just because of their brand. So you really want to hit that ten win mark because that's where you feel like you're gonna get like a bowl game, not just because of the brand, but also because of how good your team was, and you're gonna get a really good opponent and the chance to you know maybe break that New Year six bowl game streak. For sure, yeah. I mean, you you mentioned the Shamrock series earlier. Um, obviously Notre Dame's undefeated in, in the Shamrock series. BYU is has a pretty good track record playing in Las Vegas. You know, they've got a lot of fans in that area. It's only about four or five hours away from Provo. I'll be making the drive down. But uh, obviously with the Shamrock series, Notre Dame brings out 
their new uniforms. BYU kind of had to up the ante as well with their blackout uniforms. I don't know if you saw that video that they did earlier this week. But uh, if you – all biases and loyalties aside, in this uniform matchup, what do you think is the strong what, – what is the stronger outfit between Notre Dame and BYU? I – all biases aside – all biases aside, I uh, wasn't a huge fan of the reveal video from BYU. I thought I thought it was a little I thought it was a little a little interesting. Um, uniforms, it's tough because I've also, you know, I've I have the merch. I've got I've, I've I have the Notre Dame uniforms in my head for so long. I I'm a sucker for blackout uniforms. I love blackout like like I think all black uniforms are sick. Notre Dame's done it like once I think for the Shamrock series, and they were cool, but black just doesn't really belong in Notre Dame's scheme, which is fair. Um, I, I do really like these white jerseys. I think, I think overall I would have to pick Notre Dame. I think I like the gold trim with the white. And it's like, if it was pure white, I think I would dislike them more, but the gold trim and kind of like the iconic Notre Dame font going along the side and down the, down the side of the uniforms and on the sleeves, I think brings a little extra dimension that maybe the, the blackout uniforms don't have. But again, that, you know, it's hard to put all the biases aside when you're talking about like my love for like Notre Dame and Notre Dame uniforms. It's a little hard to put the bias aside, but I think I'd give the edge to Notre Dame with just on a uniform basis. Oh, for sure. I mean, Notre Dame is such an iconic, like, classic brand that you can't really mess with that. And BYU kind of does. I mean, they've their their royal blue is pretty pretty special. Um, they they tried to add navy in the mix. I'm I'm a very outspoken uh, hater of navy blue, but the the blackout uniforms. I, I was I was a fan of them. I'm not typically a blackout guy. Uh, kind of the opposite of you. I'm. If black isn't in your color scheme, I don't think you should mess with it. But in this case, I think it worked out well for BYU. I liked how the helmet faded to royal from black. That was a nice touch. Like They've never done that before. But, uh, yeah, it, it's going to be – I'm excited to see how how both uniforms kind of look against each other in in daylight, in in person. It'll be a good one. But what if, – if you had to kind of going back to the football side, we've, we've, we've done our fashion dues, uh, going back to actual football. Tell me, what do you think is the key for B, for for Notre Dame? Sorry, what what is the key for Notre Dame to to come in and win this game? What needs to go right for them? What do you think is the focal point for for their game plan to go in and get a win against BYU? Where you know BYU's ranked, they're kind of a questionable four and one team. There's a lot of question marks about it. There's a lot of concerns with their defense, like you said. Their run game hasn't been great. But, you know, they're still ranked. They're still they're a very high ceiling. But Notre Dame is technically favored in the game. It's a, it's a very unique matchup in, in that sense. Uh, but what do you think in, in for Notre Dame? I don't know if you'd call it an upset if Notre Dame wins. I mean, it kind of is because it's a ranked team, but it's also Notre Dame. Like, who knows? But w- what has to go right? What What was the game plan to beat BYU if you're Notre Dame? Yeah, there's um, definitely a lot there. Um, as far as like whether it's an upset, yeah, I think that's kind of a weird. It's a weird designation because it's the same thing. Like when Notre Dame beat UNC, it was like an upset by the the line. I think we were two point hundred dollars or something. Like that. It didn't really feel like an upset. It felt like Notre Dame was the better team the entire time. Um, so when it comes to like the game plan for for beating BYU, start with not necessarily like the key to winning, but again, kind of the key to not losing, which feels like a little bit what you want out of Drew Pine. Like what's your key to keeping Notre Dame in the game, competitive, letting your defense and your run game do things for you. Um, So the key for Pine is minimizing the mistakes and really he needs to know where um, the two linebackers, Thule and Bywater just are on the field at all times. They just feel like BYU's best playmakers. And one uh, Pine's one interception this year came when he replaced Buckner in that Marshall game. 
just missed a linebacker in the flat, like just kind of like locked in on his read, went to make it. There was a linebacker in the flats. He just didn't see it and it was picked off. So like, that's the type of thing. And uh, Pine threw a very similar interception in the spring game this year. So like that I think is like a little nerve wracking when you've got guys like Thule and Bywater that make plays in the passing game and are also very disruptive. Like they're very versatile. Um, I think BYU's linebacker core as a whole is very versatile. And that might be a weakness from Pine um, is just missing those reads or just if he sees it, maybe overthinking, like, you know, maybe just not making the right throw or right read because he's seeing line, you know, I like, I'll be curious to see because he didn't look good. Cal had very good linebackers and Pine looked a little shaky at times. UNC really had nothing in terms of linebackers. So Pine, I think, was very settled. And so I think that position group being a strength for BYU does is an, is an issue for the learning passing attack. I'll be very curious to see what the development from that Cal game to here is. Um, so then offensively, like if he can avoid the mistakes there, you know, a pick six, a, you know, if he throws one pick, it's like not the end of the world, but it's it, the timing of the pick. Is it deep in your own territory? Is it a pick six? Like, you know, is it right on your own end zone? So it's like, they're, or um, right when you're about to score. Sorry. Like, yeah, the issues in the passing game is like, don't, don't lose, don't lose the game because of, because you're missing those reads. Um, and then offensively, looking at what Notre Dame's done well and what BYU has struggled against, I think it all starts with running the ball. I don't think that's like a secret that Notre Dame's going to try and establish that with how good the offensive line looked the last two weeks. Um, like I said, last week it was um, so it was Chris Tyree, Audrey Estime, Logan Diggs. All three of them went over 100 yards. Um, Estime was over 100 yards rushing. Diggs and uh, Tyree combined rushing and receiving. So dynamic backs, they do a lot. They can rotate them in they'll stay fresh throughout the game and the o-line has looked a lot better um looking at what like you know oregon put up 212 rushing yards uh utah state put up a little over 200 yards against them on the ground against byu on the ground so looking at what other opponents have been able to do and i think i would argue that this is going to be the strongest rushing attack byu has seen just in terms of versatility the number of backs and depth plus the o-line i think that's gonna i think that uh, that's an argument you can make so i think that's a big would be a big concern for byu and where Notre Dame needs to assert themselves um additionally i would just say getting off to a big start uh byu's depth and experience like i mentioned really kind of concerns me uh, especially in the secondary i think they have a ton of depth and and in the linebacker in, in the linebacker room for sure but just because Notre Dame you know, if you look at their wide receivers, the wide receiver depth is is pretty atrocious right now for Notre Dame. We've had like four scholarship receivers actually see the field or or get tar- or get targets. I think is the set. So it's like if no if if BYU just like I don't doubt that in the fourth quarter their secondary and their um and their kind of their back seven will be more dynamic than Notre Dame's passing attack. And so if Notre Dame comes into that with a two touchdown lead, a ten point lead you don't need to be passing the ball. But if Notre Dame comes into that fourth quarter needing to still pass the ball to win, then they're going to be an issue because I don't see them really passing the ball successfully late against that kind of depth with the lack of depth that Notre Dame has. So I think big first half, run the ball, don't lose the ball. Don't 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 lose the game in the passing attack is kind of your, your big three keys, I would say. For sure, yeah. Very, very solid keys to victory right there. Um, BYU's run defense, like you said, it's been kind of suspect this year. Against Baylor, they played the game of their lives. And against Oregon and Wyoming and Utah State, they got carved up a little bit. They Against Wyoming and Utah State, they kind of rebounded in the second half. But still, just a lot of concerns with, with the run defense, like you said. But 
And I think Notre Dame is averaging about 160 rushing yards per game. So the run game is a, is a definite strength for their offense with how versatile their backs are and whatnot. So the, the faster Notre Dame can get into a groove running the ball and, and make that kind of the, the focal point of their offense against BYU is, is, is the better for them. So uh, it's, it's all going to come down to running the ball. And so for, for BYU's defense, this is a great opportunity to, to kind of silence the doubters and prove that you can stop the run against a team like Notre Dame. So a lot of really interesting matchups uh, for this one. Uh, if you had to, we, we've talked about Drew Pine. We've talked about Mayer and some of the other guys on the team. But tell me, who is kind of your your sleeper, who, who's your sleeper contributor from Notre Dame? Who's kind of a guy that maybe a lot of people don't know about? He kind of flies under the radar. Who, who do you foresee having an impact on this game that maybe other guys aren't really talking about? So, uh definitely a couple a couple of options um if we're talking offense right now for Notre Dame um because defensively I think it's it's a bit of a different question but offensively yeah obviously Pine obviously Mayer the running backs all three of them should play a role so it, I think it looks to who steps up in the passing game for now that's been Lorenzo Styles he's been kind of like the de facto wide receiver one as much as there is a wide receiver one at Notre Dame right now um but I wouldn't say he's like a dart. Like he's the guy that Notre Dame needs to step up. Like everyone knows that Styles needs to have good games, and like he needs to be a dynamic receiver um, for Notre Dame to have success offensively. So, if I were to go pure dark horse, like like really somebody that probably nobody's talked about, I would I would hazard a guess that fifty, you know, like over half of BYU fans haven't heard of. It would be Eli Raritan. and he is the backup tight end to Mayer. Uh, he was the third string at the beginning of the year. He was elevated when Kevin Bauman uh, tore. Sorry, I forget the actual the specific injury, but Kevin Bauman. Kevin Bauman had an ankle injury. And he's out for the year, so Rarity got elevated to second string, and immediately was playing kind of like the the expected snap count. He played about half the offensive snaps last week against UNC. Um, with that comes a couple of things. One, Raritan was one of their best. Notre Dame loves the two tight end blocking set, like running out wide and having like, you know, their, their guards pull out wide and their tackles pull out wide and have their tight ends and just like this monster blocking scheme, this power run. And that's something that I'm sure they'll try to, um, with those sweeps and off tackle runs, they'll try to, they'll try to implement. Raritan was an exceptional run blocker. He really was probably the best run blocker, maybe outside of like Joe Alt for Notre Dame last week. Um, so he was really good. Additionally, Notre Dame didn't really target him in the passing game. They didn't really need to against UNC. There was really no – they had no issues with what they were trying to do offensively. It was Raritan's first game. There's no need to, like, push the envelope there. But Raritan's 6'7", 240 pounds, and he runs – like, his route running is pretty pretty exceptional from what we've seen in practice. So just on a pure physicality standpoint, matchup nightmare to have that kind of size in a tight end and a guy that's, like, or, you know, is, is BYU going to – if he runs routes, who's BYU going to put on him? that can even physically match up with him. I don't, I don't know that BYU, I don't know that any program really has an answer for it. I mean, he's bigger than Michael Mayer. He's raw and he's inexperienced, but just his route running and his size makes him an automatic mismatch. I think if he starts making an impact in the passing game. So I think if I'm looking at like a guy that like, I could be way off base and Notre Dame tries to use him a bunch of the passing game, but he feels like a, a new element to the offense that could be introduced. If Notre Dame feels comfortable targeting him. Um, because with, if you're, you know, if you're BYU, you have to stop Michael Mayer. And then if you've got Eli Raritan, like you've put your best, obviously, you know, they're be the guy you best most feel most comfortable guarding a tight end on Mayer. Who's your second answer? If they start running Mayer and Raritan out in routes on opposite sides of the field. 
So I think that would be a, a, a player to watch for both sides here. There we go. We'll keep an eye out for him then. Kind of wrapping up, joined by Aiden Thomas from Observer Sports covering Notre Dame, previewing BYU-Notre Dame in Las Vegas this weekend. Um, Aiden, thanks for joining us. To kind of wrap up, what is your ultimate score prediction for Saturday? Yeah, I actually uh, just wrote out my prediction that I'll publish in our paper on Thursday, so I'll give you the exact same one because it's fresh in my head. Um, my thought, Notre Dame gets out, Notre Dame gets out to a, a, a faster start, um, up something – in the vicinity of like 2010, 20, 20, 24, 10 at halftime, something like that. I BYU starts picking it up. They have some better adjustments at half. Notre Dame's offense is going to slow down. BYU is going to start being explosive. Um, so my ultimate prediction, I uh, the, the fun, the fun prediction I made in our, in our, uh, for this weekend. So a little spoiler in case any BYU read my predict, BYU fans read my prediction. Um, but it's going to be Notre Dame's up eight heading into like the last drive. Jaron Hall leads a touchdown drive. Notre Dame stops a two point conversion. So my prediction, 31-29 Notre Dame. Okay, wow. Very, very detailed there. I like it. Um, sounds sounds like a dramatic affair down in Sin City. That's what I'm going for. That's what I mean. Bible Burrow in Sin City. It's got to be a little dramatic, right? Oh, absolutely. I think my, my prediction, kind of just off the top, I haven't written out a prediction or anything, but kind of off the top of my head, my prediction is more of a – I think it'll be a closer – but maybe not as offensively explosive game. I, I, I'd say BYU wins 24-20. Um, I mean, BYU is the better team, in my opinion. I think Notre Dame is very talented as well, but BYU will be up for this one. Jaron Hall is the best player on the field. He'll, he'll make quite the difference. Uh, I say BYU scores three touchdowns and a field goal. Notre Dame gets two, two touchdowns and, and two field goals. Um, you know, BYU one, – one thing to look out for, though, is BYU hasn't given up a turnover in the past four games. Uh, that, that's a very impressive streak. You know, USC hasn't had a turnover all season. BYU's had just one. They're one of the better turnover teams in the country. Notre Dame's turnover ratio is, is a little bit, I think it's like negative four or something like that. Uh, yeah, they, they had not, uh, they've only forced one turnover so far. So that's definitely going to be a concern. Um, they've had success without that, but you do want to have the ability to make that play, give your offense a short field here and there would be helpful. So definitely, definitely a concern. I think that's a, a big metric. Yeah, and so it's going to be a game of turnovers. Um, Notre Dame's got to force turnovers. BYU's got to prevent turnovers like they have. Uh, it, it just comes down to just who who exit. I mean, I don't want to give like the general coach speak, but execution's a big deal. These are BYU's an experienced team. They've kind of had some. They they've been a little out of sync at times. They just got to put it together, get communicating. Notre Dame's got to rally. Um, like you said, Pines played in some big moments. It's 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 a really good quarterback matchup. It's a good matchup, and in general, it's going to be a close game. I, I don't anticipate a blowout on either side. I think it's going to be a close game, and you know it's it's going to be good football. It's 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 the Bible brawl in Sin City. You can't get much better than that. Yeah, no, I'm excited for it. Um, I think it's going to be. I mean, like I said, yes, it's it's college football in Vegas, prime time. You know, Bible brawl. Can't really ask for too many great story, too many better storylines. Maybe, maybe two undefeated teams would be nice, but we'll, uh, we'll 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 ignore that part of it. But no, I think it's gonna I think it's gonna be a great game. Um, and yeah, it'll become it'll be it'll be really interesting. I think what Notre Dame can do versus Jaron Hall be a big storyline. Jaron Hall is definitely the better court. I wouldn't, you know, I'd say Michael Mayer is gonna be the best player on the fields, but that's obviously too completely like you can't really compare the what their impact on their respective teams and how they do it. Um, but Jaron Hall is definitely the better quarterback. BYU is the more explosive offense. Notre Dame's, I think, the stiffer defense. 
what wins out exactly and what the game plans look like. Um, BYU, I think, is a better team that can adjust on the fly, but Notre Dame comes in with more preparation. So a lot, lot, lot of interesting uh, storylines to watch in this one. It will be a good one this Saturday, 4.30 Mountain Time. Uh, Aiden, thanks for joining us. Aiden Thomas from Observer Sports covering Notre Dame. I am Jackson Payne, as always, hosting Universe Sports Talk, providing the closest coverage of BYU sports right from campus itself. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. Show.